Welcome back to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who totally wanted Colin Forbes to be their daddy. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2003's What a Girl Wants, What a Girl Needs. Ladies and gentlemen, the bride and her father would like to share a special dance. Every time we do these weddings, I see the father-daughter dances, and I can't help but think that I'm never going to get to do that. What I really need more than anything else in the world is to find my dad. 3,000 miles from home, Daphne Reynolds will find the one thing she's been searching for. Did you see that? An impossibly large bird falling off that wall. Her father. It's you. According to this. Is that song even a part of it? I don't think it is, but it's definitely like capitalizing on the song. Yeah, because I just realized that I watched the movie today and I did not hear that song. No, But everybody associates it with that song. There is a... A uh, audience review involving that fact that we oh. will get to later. But before we get into the facts, Audrey, we're back. Season four. Woo! Off to a roaring start with What a Girl Wants. If you're watching the video version, you can see we are in our Sleepover Cinema merchandise, baby. Uh, Audrey has a Sleepover Cinema scrunchie in. It looks really cute. Thanks. Um, and some of our crustacean earrings and the, and the crew, neck, crew neck, which we've both cropped. Yes, we're both in the crew neck and I'm wearing the Sleepover Cinema uh, earrings currently, the ones that look like snacks. They're really cute. It's good because you can wear all the merch at once. That is true. You could wear the t-shirt with the sweatshirt <laughs> over it while writing with the pen, Hat, while wearing the earrings. Scrunchy you really earrings. Could. You actually could wear it all at once. You just and you then put, put stickers all over your body. Yeah. <laughs> That's the assignment. But if you're intrigued, we're just gonna keep plugging it, you know? We are going to so keep sorry, plugging it. So sorry, but we're gonna keep plugging it's it. Cute merch. Um you can find it at www.twopinkpictures.com slash shop you cannot forget to add the ww dot yeah for the people yes that is where you can find it and since it is the start of a new season and you know we're we're gonna we're gonna keep them coming for 17 more weeks at least (laughs) we would love if you would leave us a review on apple Podcasts, five stars obviously please um and if you do, we'll give you a shout out. And there's also, speaking of reviews, there's something that we wanted to acknowledge, which is, so you know how we have ads on this show? Sometimes it's us saying them. Sometimes they're like randomly placed. Even if it's us saying them, just know that we are not the ones finagling the ad deals. So if you happen to hear an ad that you think is for something morally dubious. <laughs> Just know that we may feel the same way. End of story. We did not seal the deal. We are carrying out orders. So... Just keep that in mind. If you know, you know. And if you don't, don't worry about it. Yes. But we hear you. Yes. Okay. So before we get into everything here, we also want to do a new segment this season. We like to keep it 
keep it fresh, keep it mixed, if you will. Um, and we thought it would be fun if at the beginning of every episode, uh, Audrey and I each are given 30 seconds to state a intense opinion and then explain it. So it's like a hot take. It's like, we want to give like a hot take and then have to to explain ourselves. So we are going to turn to you on our Instagram poll, uh, or on our Instagram story to give us a question for us to give a controversial answer to perhaps. So for example, Lindsay Lohan or Hillary Duff and why, or Jojo or Kiki Palmer's first albums and why. Yeah. Something like that. It doesn't have to be connected to our no. um, content or like to movies or whatever. No. But it could be. It could also be timely if you want it to be timely to our times as timely things are. Um, so look out for that. Just indulge us. Indulge us in yeah. this little game. And if you don't, we'll make up really dumb <laughs> ones will. probably. We will. So please. So do us all a favor <laughs> and please help us out. Okay, are you ready to get into the facts, Audrey? Yes. So, What a Girl Once was released on April 4th, 2003 in theaters and was directed by Denny Gordon, a woman, uh, best known for directing Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Legion, some episodes of Goliath and Bloodline, dot, 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 question mark. She's directed a lot of TV, kind of all over the place, um, but she directed New York Minute starring Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen and not to give anything away, but I would say that it shows. Never that, a good sign. That she directed that movie. So good old Denny is uh, on the slate here. This movie was produced by a bunch of people, but primarily Denise DeNovi, who we've talked about before. She is one of the staples of the movies that we cover, but just a few of the movies she's worked on. Uh, just to name the ones that I thought were most relevant to us. Heather's Little Women, the 2019 one and the 90s one. James and the Giant Peach, The Lucky One, Monte Carlo, Crazy Stupid Love, Ramona and Beezus, both Sisterhoods of the Traveling Pants, New York Minute, uh, Connection Again, A Walk to Remember, Practical Magic, and many, many more. Then we have Bill Gerber, who, uh, <laughs> did you know he was the Gerber baby? That are you serious? No. Okay. I no. Think so. Uh, and he <laughs> produced the 2018 A Star Is Born, Get Carter, A Very Long Engagement, and Grand Torino. And then, last but not least, we have Hunt Lowry, who produced Donnie Darko, Last of the Mohicans, First Night, and Cipher. So the movie was written by this list of people. There's a lot of uh, writers involved, kind of, or a lot of IP involved, which I think may explain why this movie is the way that it is. Um, It was written originally by William Douglas Home, who wrote the play that this original movie was based off of. So it was originally this movie called The Reluctant Debutante from 1958, So this is like the source text. Um, And the synopsis of the reluctant debutante is a teenage American girl while visiting her father is thrown into London society during the debutante season. So for some reason, they thought that would be good source material. And then flash forward to 2003, uh, William Douglas home is dead at this point. Uh, But Jenny Bix and Elizabeth Chandler wrote the screenplay. Jenny Bix is the writer of the greatest showman also wrote on Rio two and was the executive producer of, or one of the executive producers of sex in the city and divorce. And she also was the executive producer of the show men in trees, which I don't know what that is, but there was a lot of it. 
And then Elizabeth Chandler wrote the screenplay for the 1995 Little Princess adaptation. Someone like you, Eloise at Christmas Time, which is some foreshadowing. Obviously, what a girl wants, and both sisterhoods of the traveling pants. So, yeah, some big both Denise and Elizabeth are involved with Eloise at Christmas time. Mm, well, yeah, they know how to do well. Okay, I remember Eloise at Christmas time very fondly. I don't know whether it's good or not, but in my mind, it's a it's positive, good. positive contribution. So, here's the IMDb plot synopsis. An American teenager learns that her father is a wealthy British politician running for office. Although she is eager to find him, she realizes it could cause a scandal and cost him the election. Doesn't that seem kind of inaccurate to you? Yeah, because truly the movie doesn't care about his politics that much. No. Um, Like it gets, it's important in the beginning and then not. Yes, I totally agree. And also, like, that's not actually the order in which things happen. No. Uh, But there is a better one from Rotten Tomatoes. So if you want to read that one. Here it is. You'll see. On a whim, American teenager Daphne boards a plane to England to find the father she never met. Upon arriving there, she makes a startling discovery. The man she's looking for is Lord Henry Dashwood, a member of the British upper class who is running for political office. Lord Henry didn't know Daphne existed, but he welcomes her into his life. However, she isn't so sure, and his family and his current betrothed look on her disapprovingly. (laughs) Current betrothed. Uh, so that one's kind of better. Sort of, yeah. Sort of. <laughs> um, there's one tagline. Trying to fit in, born to stand out. My eyes are rolling back into my head for um, those who cannot see me. But at least it has dialogue relevance. Yes, that is true. I'll give it that. In the, yeah. Okay. I'm going to save, I'm going to save my commentary. Okay. So now we have the cast and there are not really a lot of characters in this movie. So I kept it pretty small uh, or kept it tight, I guess. Uh, Obviously we have Amanda Bynes in the starring role as Daphne Reynolds. Uh, You already know Amanda Bynes, but I got to tell you, she was an easy A, Sydney White, Hairspray, What I Like About You, She's the Man, All That, The Amanda Show. Very much a Nickelodeon star from the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, Next up, we have Colin Firth as Henry Dashwood, best known for his roles in A Single Man, The King's Speech, Bridget Jones' Diary, Mamma Mia. And then, okay, and then this is me just cherry picking shit that I thought was relevant. Nanny McPhee, Love Actually, and Shakespeare in Love. Uh, I'm pretty sure my first exposure to him was in Nanny McPhee. Mm-hmm. which yeah, we probably. should also add to the list because I'm sure that movie is extremely weird. And then we have Kelly Preston as Libby Reynolds. And when I was watching this movie, I was like, why does this bitch seem so familiar? And then I looked at all of her credits and the only thing that I recognized was that she was the mom in the Mike Myers cat in the hat. Which I don't think I've even seen. We should probably cover it. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> It's too scary looking. It's definitely creepy as fuck, um, but still. Yeah, no, it's not happening. Okay. Not for me. Okay, that's that's respectful. (laughs) Um, And then last but not least, okay, for some reason he wasn't actually listed on the page for this movie, so I had to like hunt this shit down. But Oliver James stars as Ian Wallace, um, who is the love interest of Amanda Bynes. He, I'm pretty sure, is also the love interest of Hilary Duff in Raise Your Voice. And those are the mm-hmm. only movies he's ever been in. 
So I don't know wow. what hookup. I'm he sure had. it's related. It's got to be related. Um, but yeah, this was his on-screen debut, and that's it. So budget twenty-five million dollars. Salad. <laughs> Box office opening weekend, 11434964 mm, That's not great, but it's all right. Less than half, though. Yeah. Overall worldwide gross, 50732139 For an overall worldwide gross, that's not great either, to you be honest. So? No, like for what they should have made. And what they could have made, this could have been like an 150 million, you, you know? So? Well, I don't, it's not that I think it should have been, it's that it could have been had they made a good movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 true, true. <laughs> um, like, you know, like we've seen movies where the budget's like 15 million and they end up making 150 million. Like, like Napoleon crazy. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because it's like such great word of mouth. The critic score <laughs> is 36%. That is honestly maybe a little generous. <laughs> I know. I was kind of surprised. Um, the critic consensus is little girls will definitely enjoy it, but it's too syrupy and predictable for adults. Yeah. Yes. It's extremely predictable. Yeah. I knew what was going to happen in the end very early on. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's some critical takes if you would like to indulge us. Yeah. So somebody says, what a girl wants plays like a TV cartoon, not even a sitcom and makes little <laughs> sense on its own terms. Somebody else says another piece of teen girl wish fulfillment fluff of the most forgettable sort. Hateful. And the third is Denny Gordon does it, an admirable job of directing this little romp across the pond, keeping things light and even tempered. Predictable? Yes. Sentimental? Yes. Charming? Yes. Enjoyable? Without a doubt. <laughs> that person was really into it. Um... But I agree with the first two reviewers personally. Yeah. Um, and then... We can hold both truths. We can hold both truths. It's true. And then for the audience reviews, can I read these? Okay. So the audience score, we're, we're kind of mixing up the format today, whether uh, I didn't do that on purpose, but that's just how it's happening. 62% uh, audience score, which I thought was weirdly high. Um, and these were our three reviews. The fact that the writers thought a teenage girl would hate and reject wearing fancy dresses and being a debutante is ludicrous. It's one of the many things they did wrong, but probably the one that irked me the most. This movie stinks. Wait, but that's not even... She never said she wouldn't like it. No, but in the end, she's clearly unhappy with her life of being a debutante. In the montage of her losing her shine. Yeah. I don't know. We can talk about that right. in the second right. half. Uh <laughs> Second review is a bit cheesy, but it's Amanda. So that's it. And then last but not least, a movie named after a Christina Aguilera song, but clearly made for Avril Lavigne fans. Is that a dig? I don't know. Starring a checked out Amanda Bynes, who is basically a charmless Lindsay Lohan knockoff. Ah, the days when a movie like this wasn't just immediately put straight on DVD or video on demand. Literally, I hate to say check, it. Check, 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 check. Hate to say it. Okay, I feel like the fact that we're shitting on this movie so openly is going <laughs> to rattle some people. Because I think that people, like, recall this movie as, like, a really, like, fun and cute and pleasant one. Like, I really should just save this till later, what I was going to say. Okay, okay. But, you know, just in general, had I seen it earlier or before some other key movies, 
I think I would have liked it more and I would care about it more. Yes. But this was like fifth tier of this kind of movie. Fifth tier. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I agree. So that's why I'm able to just openly say it's not good. Yes. This movie came out right before the summer of 2003. And as we know, summer of 2003 was the summer for Sleepover Cinema. You know, Cheetah Girls, Hillary Duff, lots of relevant things happened. There's this one article. If you Google summer 2003 pop culture, you will get immediately. Um, but I thought it might be sort of interesting to talk a little bit more about uh, Amanda Bynes as a person because we've done some movies with her before, but we've never really talked about her timeline as like a kid and a starlet and then like a public menace and now who she is. So I um, did some research both from Wikipedia and from Mila Tequila's two-part video on Amanda Bynes. And so I just kind of wanted to run some things down just for some context. So this movie came out in 2003, but Amanda was born in 86. She was like a showbiz kid, basically got casted on all that from doing a comedy camp in LA when she was a kid. She was in all that. And then she was in figure it out and then was given her own spinoff technically of all that, which was the Amanda show. And that ran from 1999 to 2002. And at the time she was very ensnared in the Dan Schneider machine. Who knows what befell her in that era. But so she was doing the Amanda show and then she had her on-screen debut in Big Fat Liar and then transitioned in the TV show, What I Like About You. And around this time is when she first started to, well, she was probably on Adderall for like a long time, uh, but it started to become more of like a substance that she was abusing. And then she was trying to pull off her transition from like kid star into like teenager, young adult star and was in She's the Man, What a Girl Wants and Hairspray, but was finding herself getting really frustrated frustrated with being typecast. And interestingly to that review that we read, she was like vying for Lindsay Lohan roles and not getting them because she was very, um, because Lindsay Lohan existed, right? Cause <laughs> Lindsay Lohan was there and she was very pigeonholed into like the quirky best friend parts or like the quirky friend parts in general. Um, which like, okay, sometimes typecasts are just correct. Yes. Do I think she is leading material comedically? Yeah, but she didn't necessarily cross over that well. Yeah. Like she, I don't know. Well, so, no. yeah. So basically like, you're right. And around this time, like the Hairspray era, which by the way, she apparently loved being in Hairspray. It was like her favorite movie that she was ever in. And so this was around 2007, obviously. So 2007 was a big year for public meltdowns. It was the Britney meltdown, Lindsay meltdown, uh, Paris Hilton, like everyone was kind of hitting a rough patch. Um, but meanwhile, Lin or, uh, Amanda was still like chilling, being like publicly acceptable. And she also was way more passionate about starting this fashion line than about acting. So she tries mm -hmm. to launch this fashion line and it flops really violently because the store that was, she was partnering with closed down. So she decides to evolve her image by going clubbing, being more like performative with her social life. She dated this one guy who was 35, and then she also dated Seth MacFarlane for a second. There were two older guys oh, that she I dated. Was like, 
I, for a second, I thought she referred to Seth MacFarlane as some guy. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then she was like in a Maxim photo shoot. She was like trying to evolve her image. She filmed EZA and then she was supposed to be in this movie called Hall Pass, which was like a really gross, like kind of like the Hangover-esque type movie. Um, she was supposed to be like the slutty babysitter in this movie, but uh, she ended up dropping out because her substance abuse was coming to a head. And then when she saw herself in EZA, she hated what she looked like so much that she... She quit acting and then basically everything fully fell apart after that. You know, the iconic but really sad tweets that she would do just like fully unhinged out of rehab in rehab attacking paparazzi or being framed as having attacked paparazzi. And in 2018, she did a cover story with Paper Magazine where she was enrolled at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And in 2018, she ended up graduating and receiving her Associates of Art degree in Merchandise Product Development, blah, blah, blah. So basically she like gets her fashion degree, but she is in a conservatorship. Yeah. Which is obviously really relevant with everything that has just happened with Britney Spears. And um, apparently the conservatorship was supposed to be up in summer 2020, but it's tentatively renewed and won't go up until 2023. So it's sort of interesting just to think about how a lot of what got Britney out of her conservatorship was like the intensity of her fans and her star power and how Amanda doesn't really have the same community circled around her. Um, no, because there's not, you know, it's a lot harder for people. You can't, yeah. a fan of an actress who's solely in movies, it's a lot harder to rally around that person rather than someone who has albums. Like yes. it's a lot easier to like, because people listen to albums, you know, every day. Like it's something that lives with you. Yeah. Whereas movies, it's like, yes, but also no, because her audience has grown up. Mm -hmm. Like her fans, her main fan base has grown up and it's not like they can keep listening to her albums or something. Yeah. And like I it's just different. Definitely. And I also think that her meltdown was like, because it was more entrenched in social media that was like Twitter and like instant based, I think that people got to see a lot more of her like unhingedness and her and like they maybe like think, she deserves it. Yeah, they like think that it's necessary. Yeah. Which she did. So the only real like outcry that she's made to want to get out of it was she posted a video like a couple years ago saying that her, like she's being sent to this facility every week or like every month that costs like $5,500. And she was saying that like, if it was on her insurance, it would cost 200, but instead it's this really high number. Um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't really seem to have done anything. So it's just sort of interesting to think about how star power plays into even how these sort of decisions are made. Highly recommend watching yeah. the Mila Tequila videos yeah. though. Like this was yeah. so uh, this surface was, level. Yeah. And also like I even skipped over a lot of my notes because yeah. there's just a lot that has happened. And honestly, I kind of feel like getting into the details is like not even worth it. No, it's not. And it's kind of like, I don't even like, I don't love that we're even talking about it, yeah. I guess, because it is very much her real life. It's not yeah. the movie, um, right. but- but I just wanted to I give know. like a little bit of context because I didn't know mm -hmm. and I was interested in whatever the situation was. So now you know. But Audrey, as for things from childhood, last time you watched the movie, what did you remember? I don't remember. Well, it's weird. I don't know when I saw it for the first time. I don't, I don't think I've seen it much though. And then, yeah, I didn't actually remember anything from it except 
the fallacy that what a girl wants the song has <laughs> anything to do with it. Um, yeah. I think I might have remembered like her one of her ball gowns, but like that's it. Yes. What I remembered was for some reason, specifically the kitchen scene where it's like Amanda and her dad in the kitchen. I remembered that. And I also really thought that the love interest was going to be Chad Michael Murray, but then oh, it wasn't, yeah, but no. it could have been. Um, would have been better. Sorry. Yeah. It's not Just enough. not that Chad Michael Murray is like an amazing actor next to the guy that it was no. like, but he's just like, it just of the time. Yeah. Agreed. But then of course, which what we're going to get into, they've got that whole plot about like being biracial and like all this crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're right. That you're is right. important, I guess, to the story. But yeah. man, we'll get into it's it. It's rough. <laughs> um, Okay, so this movie is very legally available on Netflix. Um, yeah. So please give it a view. It's for the sake of understanding this episode. Um, and we will meet you back here to discuss. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. Okay, we are back for the second half of our season four premiere on What a Girl Wants. Um, and Audrey, I have a feeling I know how this is going to go in terms yeah. of uh, where the meat of our notes yeah. are going to lie. So should we just get the good stuff out of the way? Yeah, which we always do. <laughs> yes. I can't even believe how little positive things I have to say which is sad like I don't want to be this way I don't want to do this to Amanda I don't it is it is sad but I have notable things as well me too um but as far as appreciate (laughs) I appreciate that Gaylord Films I wrote that down too (laughs) I wrote Gaylord Films lol me too Oh my God, we literally wrote the exact same thing, look. Because <laughs> their opening sequence thing was so weird. Yeah. It was so long. It was like beautiful CGI hand yeah. turning the key. And then it was like Gaylord film. And like, which we've explained before, I think, but, or maybe we didn't. No, we we definitely but did. 
us and our cousins used to make videos, like little dramas with Bratz dolls, and we named the boy Bratz doll Gaylord. Yeah. Which is like a loose reference to the, to the Sound of Music. Very loose. Oh, really because, loose. Because um, Captain Von Trapp's name is Georg. Yeah. And we were like, we were like does what? that mean his name is Gaylord? Like, we yeah. didn't understand. And then, yeah, you know, it's just bad. <laughs> and he was gay. He was gay. So we Gaylord, that's it. He's our most loved character. He really is our most loved OP, if you will. Yeah. Or OC, o- not OP. Hey, what's OP? I don't know what OP is. <laughs> I was going to say. OC is original character, yeah. though. Um, other than that, which is literally not about the movie no. at all. But I'm really happy that we both wrote that um, down. Is that they say undecided Ohio. I wrote that down too. I thought that was Under funny. good though. Yeah. Appreciate. Oh yeah. And then I appreciated that they use the song. What's your flavor? Yeah. I wrote that too. I was like, I was like, is this a real song? Because I thought it had to do with Bratz dolls. No, there were dolls called What's Your Flavor dolls. And then they used this song. The question is, is it's a chicken or the egg situation. <laughs> was the song a thing before the dolls? This is like a, this is a job for uh, Joey. I'm guessing the song was a thing. And then they. Because why would she be listening to that to if it was only. A doll song. Yeah. If you remember what's your flavor dolls, you yeah. qualify for the veterans discount. And then the last thing for appreciate was just some of Amanda's wardrobe, I thought was good. Yeah, some of it was good. Um notable <laughs> though. Why is Colin Firth always in dad romanticization movies? I also wrote down, why do they want us to think that dad is hot? Yeah, like, it's weird. Um, I don't know. But like, Mamma Mia. Yeah. Like, it's all this, like, deadbeat. Like, lost connection <laughs> with dad. Like, But he's like, there's just slow dancing with my dad. Things going on. Yeah, totally agree. And then I wrote, I just never really thought about this. The title, What a Girl Wants, Her Dad. <laughs> That's the answer. Like, what? The That um, is what we're talking about. Yes. There is, like, a lot of really confusing <laughs> like, chemistry in this movie, yeah. too. Which we'll get what a to. Girl Wants, Her Father. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Lana. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, do you have more notable? Okay. No. So, my good things or appreciate things. I said, (laughs) I meant to say, I wrote Dennis Quaid only. I mean, Colin Firth, if you know, you know. So basically in my mind, I, when I wrote down Dennis Quaid, I fully thought I was writing down Colin Firth. Like I got them confused because he gives me slight parent trap vibes. Mm -hmm. And that just happened in my mind. Um, I thought that when uh, when Amanda is in the boat with her love interest and they're laying there right before he says that she's born to stand out, she looks like gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like her makeup looks perfect, but like in a very like dewy way. And I was like, damn, what a beautiful moment. And I did think that Amanda was really doing the most acting wise near the end. Like her yeah. acting got pretty good at the end. And I was like, hmm. mostly just the part when like, you know, when she... <sighs> spoilers but when she like walks back out into the ballroom and sees her dad slow dancing with like her stepsister 
<clears throat> at that point I was like, I wasn't even like, I, I, was, I was barely I, conscious. I couldn't yeah. take it seriously yeah. anymore. No, me neither. But like the words that were written for her were very lackluster, but her performance of yeah. them was very convicted. And I was impressed by that. And then uh notable, really, I just wrote this movie is confessions of a teenage drama queen meets the parent trap and princess diaries. I have a list that's even longer of what, okay, it, great. Of what it meets. Yeah. Great. Okay, so now into the bad. <sighs> Man. <laughs> Let's just go in. All right. So, yeah, I mean, why why are they treating <laughs> the father-daughter relationship as though it is a romantic relationship? Like, it, it is the central, um, like, it's what she wants. She wants it's to have the girl wants. a relationship with her father, but... It has to be like her mom is like peripherally related to the yes. story when really mom has to get inserted in when it when they're supposed to kiss. Yeah, the mom gets inserted exactly in. because yes. they can't for obvious reasons. But like, yeah, it's just bad. I really something I hate in movies and especially in movies. I guess it's usually movies like this when there is a phys something that is supposed to be physically funny like you know, like ants in the pants type of vibe. Ants in the pants, yeah. And then if they're in like a setting that has music, this is, I'm talking about when she starts singing Shout at yes. the wedding yes. and to like distract from the fact that Amanda like messed up or something. Yeah. I hate that kind of yeah. thing. I really, really hate it. Nobody thinks that's funny. Sorry. To me, this is a Princess Diaries, Mamma Mia, Passport to Paris, Parent Trap, Lizzie McGuire movie hybrid. Yes. It's extremely derivative. Yeah. Yeah. Because every scene is derivative of another movie. Yeah. Would you, you care to spell it out for us? I mean, what go, I can't go through every scene. Well, you could go through But like, scene. for example, Passport to Paris, when she's on the motorbike with the kid. Ian? Yeah, um, Princess Diaries, when they're in the kitchen, mm -hmm. in the basement um, thing or whatever. It looks Princess like they're Diaries in the basement. Yeah. yeah. Or when she jumps on the bed, that's Princess yes. Diaries. Or it's when also she, Passport Paris. Yeah, or when she comes out into the ballroom in her gown, that's Princess Diaries too. Lizzie... Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Parent Trap because we've got the London and American thing. Yes. And we've got just like wanting to connect lost parents. Yes. And Mamma Mia because we have Colin Firth and again, yeah, distant parents. Like it's like. Also, can we talk about how the New York set is the most despicable New York set ever made? Yeah, it was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But at least they weren't. It didn't really matter. It's like TV movie bad. Yeah. It reminded me of Annie. And yeah. that's how you know. I was like fine with it. I was like, okay. I didn't expect anything yeah. good from that. I noticed at approximately 50 minutes in, 50, not 15, the weirdest ADR cut. Like really? to me, and I know it's because I'm an editor, so I like, I'll just hear things and see things. But I, I would assume this would be obvious to anyone. But- it's when she's sitting on the steps with Ian right before they shake things up at the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she calls him a wimp. Uh-huh. But 
that line, whatever it is that she was actually saying was a longer line. Like you can tell, but it cut, they cut her off, um, her, her lip movement off right at wimp, like wimp, ADR in her saying wimp. Uh huh. And it is the most like upsetting ADR cut. <laughs> it's bad. What do you think they said? I don't actually. know. I have no idea, but it was definitely a longer line. And we should go. But I'm now. I have yes, to show it to yes, you. Yes, I want to see it too. Um, there were some really awkward shots too, like long shots yeah, of her just kind of like just like, like existing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The completely off rhythm clapping in the party. Yes. yes. <laughs> when Colin Firth says to her, "You look different." Yep. Stop being weird. <laughs> he he's really you, yeah, sir. Need to be sent to jail. Prison. Prison. Death to them all. <laughs> um, just a sheer number of cliches. Random twins. And you don't know why they're there. That's very Princess Diaries. Yeah. Yeah. Dance number. You don't know why it's happening. Choreographed. Why is it happening? Yep. I don't know. Yep. Makeover sequence where she's dancing, but it's like going on too long. Yes. It's like weird. Um, and then the scene where Colin Firth's mother is like... It's not a the crown that makes the queen. Like it's yeah. what's in here. Like, yeah. like But all you can do all of this stuff and I just don't care at all because there's no, no heart. Like there's no, no emotional core to this movie. I, I totally agree. Like even when she when she decided to leave New York in the beginning, I was like, oh, guess you're just going. Yeah. Like there was no reason for any of it. She kind of just like casually bopped on over. You're like it seems like you have a pretty like robust relationship with your mother. Like, why do you care? Yeah. Seems fine. Seem like, how do you know how to travel like this? Yeah. Also, also, didn't you, I know I don't want to get in the way of your flow, but weren't you very confused by in the beginning, they say she's 15 and then they're like, where are you going to college? And then she's suddenly 17. Cause remember in that opening sequence, the horrible opening sequence with the storytelling, they say she's 15 and then there's the next scene and you're like, so she's 15, but then she's not. She's 17. Um, Time could have passed, but they don't really make it clear. No. But it could have. Yeah, but it was very confusing at the beginning. I didn't care enough to notice that one. I noticed that one, yeah. <laughs> I literally wrote down 15 next to the name of the movie on when my notes. When do they say she's 17? They say she's 17. Oh, God. When she like does her whole slapstick break into the castle, then he like after the dad is like weirdly physical with her and then he like chucks her onto the chair. He's like, my God, you can't be older than 17. Oh, and I was like, so, so she's not no, but 17 I think she, necessarily. I think she is 17 because she goes to college at the end. Yeah. I don't know. The age, the thing time, was the time passing. Yeah. And it's all confusing. It was very confusing. Please continue with your notes. So <laughs> my only other note is this random boy sucks. <laughs> The rapey one? Um, oh, he, yeah, he sucks. But I also thought the love interest was... It's not that he sucks. It's just that... There wasn't much to like. It's just, yeah, it's just that we don't really have a reason to like him. And he was just kind of unnecessary. Like, when you see Amanda Bynes and her desire has nothing... Her, des- her desire, her, all what right. What she wants has nothing to do with having a boyfriend or anything. No. They just had to stick him in there because... They can't have her kiss her father. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad they at least didn't do that. 
But, oh. oh my god. Yeah. Okay. They, they you know what it kind of even reminds me of slightly? What? Which it shouldn't, but it does, is Chad Michael Murray and Jamie Lee Curtis in Freaky Friday. Yeah, it where does. it's like, why do they have it makes sense that they have chemistry in that movie though? They're supposed to. Yeah. But yeah. Like it's a bit unsettling. It's scary. Yeah. Okay, my bad things. I really thought it was so annoying when um, Amanda and her mom are having that conversation at the beginning. And she's like, I love you a thousand Swedish fish. And she's like, I love you a thousand red M&Ms. I'm like, A, I know this is not going to come back. B, this is such a lazy way for us to like know that they're close. I'm just like, oh, like stop. I just hated that. And then like... Why didn't the mom bring her a bag of Swedish fish or something when she showed up in England? Yeah. Like you could have just had like the it would slightest be so bit easy. more effort. Oh, that just annoyed me. Do you have notes about the betrothed and the daughter? A little bit, yeah. Because I just realized I didn't write anything about that, but that's because it's almost like it's too dumb to even comment on. Like yes. a a mean girl for mean girl's sake. And like, you know, yeah. that monologue that you sent me earlier oh, where yeah, she's yeah, yeah. trying, where Amanda's she's character like, like tells her You're off. a designer. I'm vintage. Like I'm in a five floor walk up. Like what the hell is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, you're not going to be my daddy's little girl. Like, ew. <laughs> Stop what? it. I know that it is true that kids will be competitive over parents. Yeah, but, but like, they're a little too old. They're a little old for that. Like this should have been settled. Yeah. I guess she did just meet him. <laughs> it's still though. It's unsettling. Um, I really hated okay, so well, first of all, like the third thing I wrote down was he's gonna lose the election, but be fine about it. Or like he's gonna not pursue the election yeah. and it's not gonna matter because it's so obvious that's what's gonna happen. Um, I really did not like the scene where that where like the bathtub hose was possessed for no reason and was like flopping around for like I dissociated way, during that. Like so long. I was like, this is so stupid. Um genuinely. I really, really oh, and also, which leads me to I hated how she was klutzy for no reason. But they always do that to her. I know. They always do that to Amanda Bynes. It's just kind of exhausting. Um, I thought that all of the stupid like British jokes that were like sounded like they were written by like an eighth grade history teacher were exhausting. Like dump tea in my harbor anytime. Yeah. Don't do that. Or like when she first gets there and she's in like the hostel and somebody comes out of the bathroom and goes like the loo's free. And then she's like, Who's Lou? Shut up. Truly. You know, you know what, what we're talking mean. about. Like, it's just not. Do you it. not have basic context clues? No. <laughs> no. Um, I had some logical issues with Ian, the love interest, just randomly being the entertainment at various government <laughs> events. Yeah, like, I'm like, this dude's got like top clearance. <laughs> Like, yeah, how can he be so downtrodden socially and yet? Yeah, he keeps showing up at, like, the Queen's party. Yeah, like, like, how are you here? And no one ever questions it. It's and, just like, all right. And that's not all, though. He's got all the other odd jobs, yeah. too. He just is in every scene because he just happens to work everywhere. And, like, tonally, it doesn't fit. If it was, like, no. a hijinksy like, comedy, you would be like, okay, like, I get that this is supposed to be stupid. But in this one, it's like... Like, no, he really does all this like, stuff. Th- this is just how it's worked. Yeah. It's kind of concerning. <laughs> Honestly, kind of some stalkery shit. I 
really did not appreciate all of like the cool girl shit. Like I feel like that review we read earlier that was like named after a Christina Aguilera song, but made for Avril Lavigne fans. I was like, why is that so painfully accurate? Like wanting to be like a cool alt girl. They make Amanda Bynes be like that though. They make her be like a pick me kind of. Oh, totally. And it leads to the movie, as I wrote, being impossibly bad and unengaging. (laughs) Like, you don't care about her. Mm -mm. She also doesn't really seem to be trying very hard. Ooh, Amanda? Yeah. Uh, I think... I think that she was our, she was at the beginning of her slippery slope by yeah, then. Yeah, probably. And um, it's just, I can understand like having been forced to be extremely goofy for so long. Yeah. You could have like whiplash going into a role like that. Yeah. Like, and I get that. And I think she did a good job like considering her background. Yeah, I think that's true. But her dialogue is so vague. It it doesn't reveal her character. No. Like she wants one thing and she says all of the direct sentences that lead her to get that Yes. It's just all very literal. Yeah. And actually, I just was reminded of one of the cool girl things that really annoyed me was when she had that conversation with her dad about like music. Yeah, like James Brown or something. It reminded me of like Lola step and like Stu Wolf. Mm-hmm. Like it reminded me of that dynamic, which is just like, yeah. But at least, you know, with that, like the lesson is learned. Yeah. Like, yeah. You under, she gets it by the end of it, like why, like he's actually just a human and like, you know, like yes. the idol worship thing. Yes. Um, when you idol worship your father. <laughs> Literally SMH. <laughs> um, and I just have a couple last things. I, Really hate it when girlfriends that have basically done nothing wrong get ditched for like the ex-wife or like the old flame. Mm -hmm. And like the guy doesn't have to like acknowledge that he's (laughs) fucking her over. Like, no, it's just like, I'm literally walking away. Yeah. Like I'm ditching your ass. Yeah. (laughs) No remorse right now. And 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 that's what, you know, the audience wants them to do. Like, it's like, it's like the whole Adina Menzel. It's like, give, give someone like a snatched brunette stepmom. And like, it's over. It's over. Like she's going to get humiliated. (laughs) She's going to get humiliated. Yep. And you can, they're like the, the little advisor guy who's the betrothed's father where he's like, don't worry, we'll get rid of her. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, we didn't even need that character. No, but I guess that explains the whole thing of why they both thought the the old flame and Colin Firth, they both thought that they wanted the other one to leave. But yes. it's really just this random bitch's fault for like planting it in their minds. I'm like, yeah. did you guys not speak after this? <laughs> yeah. Like it's it like doesn't. parent trap too in that way, kind of. Right. Yeah. Um, and what I have another thing. I hate when the whole you've changed thing is unearned. It's so unearned in this because if he was really her friend, this is Ian. Yeah. If Ian was really her friend and like trying to get with her, he would know that she was like beaten into submission yeah, to like yeah, yeah, act yeah. this way and would like sympathize her, like for her and be like, I still like you. Yeah. Be like, like, I see you're going through a hard time. Yeah, like Not go, just like, fuck you. It goes from like... 
It goes from like everything's cool to you've changed in actually one minute. No one's dad would act like that. When, like in the end, when he shows up at the whatever like wedding that she's catering or whatever the fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. When he's like, I just wanted to say, I just, I just was thinking, did blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, it was just so painful, the whole interaction they had. And then the way that he's like, and now at the time that we should make out, here's your random ass boyfriend. I'm dragging in so you can make out with him instead. <laughs> it so makes it worse weird. almost. Yeah. Like, it just is very icky. Um, and I also hate that she goes to Oxford at the end. But I did think it was funny that she drops NYU for no reason. Yeah. Because... Yeah, that's so our birthright We weren't right even now. talking about NYU. And then, nope. I guess just because she's from New York... Yeah. I was like, okay. Problematic elements, Audrey. I'm going to let you yeah. lead the charge on this one. Well, it, in this was more so in the beginning than it was later in the movie. I felt like there was just a lot of appropriation going on um, yes. of like every country. Yes. <laughs> like, I was like, this is like, this is just a lot. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the, the Chinatown set was so fake uh-huh. that like... I was like scared that that was going to get way worse. It got scary. Yeah. It definitely got scary, but it it recovered because it just was focusing on like England after that. I was like, okay, whatever. Okay. This, this idea is a little bit hard to express, but if you, you, I know, you know what I'm talking about. There's this TikTok, you know, that TikTok that's talking about siding with your father Um, Yes. that whole thing. How do you even explain that TikTok? The point is if the meaning of that TikTok could be translated to a movie. It would be this movie. Yeah. The, like, and the TikTok basically is saying that like when a daughter gets older, she and the dad will like co-conspire against the mother and like make fun of her for like making mistakes or forgetting things or whatever. And that it won't save the daughter from ultimately becoming just like her mother. Yeah. Um, like suffering yeah. the same fate kind of vibe. Yeah. And even though that doesn't happen directly with, Amanda Bynes' mom in this movie. It happens with the like stepmom figure mm-hmm. and just like the complete lack of respect or even notice. Like, yes. like the whole thing of him just picking the old girlfriend and being like, even if this woman does have nefarious motives. Yeah. She's still a person. She's still a per- Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. she's not evil. It's so easy for us to demonize that woman. Yeah, right. Like, and it just bothers me. Amanda Bynes' character is just like, fuck everyone. <laughs> That's not my dad. Right. Literally. I wish I was with my father. <laughs> That's what this movie should just be called. And then the other thing is just the comments about <laughs> Ian's character. He is kind of talking about like the racism that he had experienced Mm -hmm. because like his family did raise him in a really like upscale rich, like he'd went to all the camps or whatever. And then people were being racist towards him, like calling him a half breed. That's Mm -hmm. what he says in the movie. There's that preppy guy who we literally haven't even touched on. The predator guy. Yeah. Yeah. who ends up with the mean girl. Literally, they're like, daughter? have fun, stepdaughter with the predator. Yeah. Th- I'm that like, oh, so your wild. punishment, the punishment for her, the stepdaughter being like mean is to like live a life with a predator. <laughs> like Getting her butt squeezed. I am so confused. It was upsetting. It was upsetting. <sighs> it's okay. 
this movie was really bad. Yeah. I was, and it wasn't even fun bad. Like she's the man, fun bad. Passport to Paris. Fun Fun bad. bad. Even New York Minute was fun bad. Yeah. Kind of. Mm, I don't know. That's like, that's like, at least it was outrageous. Yeah. It was like a trash fire, but like entertaining at the very least. To me, the line is like teetering like material girls. Bad, bad. Yes. New York Minute, fun, bad. Yes. But they're very close. They're really, really close. Yeah. This was boring and bad. Yeah. Too long also. Yeah. I just, I get why <sighs> it didn't pop off like they probably wanted it to. No. They they built the formula and they said, oh, this is a surefire, like cannot fail. Yeah. And it didn't technically fail because they knew it, it, it couldn't. It's not yeah. possible. It was like fail proof. But it's there's not, no heart here. No. What, what did we learn? What did we learn? You can screw everyone over to go have a crush on your dad. Like Literally, I'm confused. This is having a crush on your dad, the movie. Yeah. So uncomfortable. And no, and it's just not, it's not good for society. No, no, it's not good for society. <laughs> it's not good for little girls. It's not good for children. Like I just, it's not even good for, let me look at this Amanda Bynes performance. Yeah. And it's not even good for, let me roast the shit out of this because it's just bad. It's just a solid. Eh. Yeah. But I was very surprised. I really thought it was going to be better than it was. I kind of knew. You knew? Yeah, I kind of knew. I also think that this movie really um, capitalized on the post-Princess Diana industrial complex. Which rages on. Yes, which we're having another to wave this of. this day. Yeah. I, can we please just let her rest, please? Not when there's money to be made. This the whole like musical thing is so crazy. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's so tacky. Just the fact that it exists. Yeah, and also like what it is. Like I've seen snippets of it. What what is it? I don't really know. I just know it exists. That's basically it. Okay, watch the watch the YouTube video about it on the YouTube channel called Wait in the Wings. Okay. So that they explain it really well. Okay. I'm down. Yeah. I will, maybe we'll link that or something. I feel like that would be good for everyone to watch. Yeah. Um, okay. So this movie was not good. Too derivative. Too, too derivative. Of every other movie. Hopefully this didn't hurt you too much, but if you haven't watched it for a while, you should rewatch it because you will be shocked Yeah. at how bad it is. Even if I had deep-rooted nostalgia for it, I don't think I would say it was It wouldn't good. survive this viewing. No. It would get the chop on this viewing. The chop. Get the chop. Yeah, this movie definitely gets the chop. If we had like a sleepover cinema bracket, ooh, that would be fun. Um, This one would not make it very far. Yeah. The hard thing with brackets though is like how do you decide what is against what? Like that it's so arbitrary, you know? It would still be kind of fun though. We could just literally make a template and then post a list and then say make your own bracket and then make your own winner. Welcome back to Sleepover Cinema. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, let us know what hot take you want us to give. Um, maybe we'll come up with a more clever name for the segment. We literally thought of it like five seconds before we started. But we just want to give you something new. It could be like verses. It could yeah, like always verses. be verses. One or the other. We'll come up with something. And please send us pictures if you ordered merch. Yes, please. And again, you can get that at our website, twopinkpictures.com slash shop. Um, and it, I will ship it from this very room that I am sitting in right now. So, yeah. 
Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer of this show is Michael D'Aloya. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingpictures.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at tupingpictures and would love to hear from you there. And if you love Sleepover Cinema, if it's become a staple of your weekly routine, or if it's a new show you've been listening to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode with a few friends, maybe even both. We'll chat again soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) We can't all do it like me. What can I say? I just have bony ankles. (laughs) That's why it's... Are you implying that my ankles are fat? (laughs) No. I have no ankles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait, you always say that. Have you seen my ankles? I don't have ankles. They're really weird looking. I have no ankle bone. I just have a dent. (laughs) But what about on the outside? You must... Yeah, I kind of do. But they're very... They're Um. very minimal. But it's really prevented me from enjoying life to the fullest, a.k.a. jumping off of swings. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.